Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Mitchin, a podcast about food in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins and my co-host name is Mitch Orr, who uh, three seconds into this episode already, already pulled Instagram. his phone off and <laughs> um, is going on Instagram. Just catching up. Did I give you shit for um, at our live episode actually being on your phone no, as, a, lots, as an audience watching? No, you? do you know why? Because I was actually getting messages from people in the audience telling me to get off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> But that doesn't explain why you want it in the first place. Uh, Chicken or no, egg? No, I think I was getting messages from people asking me where we were. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah right, sure. Yeah. All right, good excuse. Um, today, we are inside a, a warehouse space inside Lucum. This warehouse is home to T-Craft, which is uh, the business run by a previous guest of on the Mitchin, Arthur Tong. Hello, he was hello. on uh, an episode about 10 episodes ago. It was all about coffee and tea. I believe the episode name was Coffee, Tea and Mike. <laughs> um, and uh, he won our hearts Oh dear, dear. <laughs> With his uh, How sweet. incredible philosophies uh, Not just on tea but on food and, and life in general um, And so we thought we would invite ourselves over to his incredible surroundings This is easily the best place I've ever recorded an episode yeah, before oh, wow. um, We are currently sitting on the floor Levin's just called my house shit <laughs> <laughs> I love your house bro um, and, and immediately Arthur gave us a, a piece of paper each um, And on that piece of paper are uh, eight Teas, which we're going to be cycling through throughout the episode. It's going to make really good radio. <laughs> Lots of slurping in the next hour. It up, but that's <laughs> you better stick to the schedule, buddy. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, joining us today, we also have uh, Toby Wilson, who was on our last episode um, at, at Ghost, Ghost Boy Cantina. Um, he's shut up his small little taco, sorry, taqueria even, yeah, um, inside Dixon Street Food Court. Um, and how long till you move inside Tio's? Uh, next week, next 20th, week? Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, um, and of course... Holiday's uh, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's all downhill now. How much of that holiday did you spend just taking stuff out of Dixon Street Food Court? Uh, no, I did it in about a day. Wow, that's Yeah, amazing. and we had a, um, a catering event that night as well, so I was prepping for that while packing down, which was a kind of weird mm. situation. Ouch. Even more like incentive for people to do pop-ups and, and you know weird three-month three stints at Dixon yeah. Street Food Court, as you kind of suggested last time. It's all just still even in the, my car. Even the pack-down <laughs> doesn't take long. <laughs> um, so, Arthur Tong, um, yes. thank you so much for having us there. You're most welcome, sir. Um, if you uh, hear some nice teas on the podcast and you want to try them, you can um, <laughs> head to teacraft.com.au. All the teas that you can hear on the episode today can be found online there. Sad, sad, sad. Um, so I guess I wanted to, to you know, talk about tea today. 
Tea talk. Like, Special tea talk. It would, be, it would be shit if we showed up here and I'd be like, so, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong um, with that either. But uh, I guess, you know, if anyone listening that is a tea fan, I know Mitch especially, and Toby, apparently you are too. Yeah, big up. Big, yeah. big tea boy. Yeah, love it. Uh, what, what I want to talk about like you know the professional setup that you should try and get some things that you should have if you are want to be a pro tea boy. Um, <laughs> I know you splurged on a real expensive kettle recently, Mitch. Yeah, I got I got the digital the digital goodness. <laughs> um, and and I, yeah, I'm keen to hear how Mitch you you kind of got to know Arthur and Arthur how you how you started out doing sure. tea craft. So which of those questions should we answer after drinking this first tea? Uh, up to you. You're the host. Well, t- tell us about this first tea first. This one is called White Peony. It's probably the most basic of white teas. A little bit toasty on the afterbreath, which is what is savoured in this tea. A lot of green leaves. White teas, leaves. Do you know what they are? Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, generally speaking, they're the least processed of all teas. Basically, uh, picked and dried. So... Yeah, we, I, I see a lot, high of, antioxidants. lot of very green leaves in the pot. You do. And what you see on the dry leaf or the wet leaf now is what you can imagine in reality. So everyone uh, listening right now, imagine <laughs> a bunch of... Uh, it looks like rosemary. Like wet, a bunch of wet rosemary. A little rosemary. bit because yeah. of how green it is this season. Um, how long ago was this picked? This was this spring. So... Northern Hemisphere spring would have been our winter. Uh, sorry, our autumn. So, like a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. Did you pick these leaves yourself? No. 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 <laughs> Lazy. Lazy. Different because everything that you everything needs to be processed on site. So it's not like you can ship raw stuff and then do it here. That's disgusting, Mitch. <laughs> That's how you taste the tea, bro. You aerate at the front of your palate. Aerate that shit. Make it sl- make a slurping sound as they do in wine it's tasting. Like I, wine. Like I, don't, I, I refuse to do it with wine too. <laughs> I'm a simpleton. Thoughts and feelings. This is lovely. Mm. Delicious. What are you carrying at the moment, Mitch? Uh, white teas. Black remember. teas. White white, 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 white. I think it's good. we got golden peony and silver needle at the moment, bro. Oh, good. So this is a white peony. This is white. Yeah. Right. Mm. So uh, the white peony consists of, as most teas, um, one bud and two leaves. Whereas things like the king peony is one bud and one leaf. So if you look at this leaf, for all you listeners, listeners out there. Look at it. <laughs> uh, that's a bud. So that furry little guy mm-hmm. there, they contain the highest antioxidants amongst a tea plant. That are young shoots of a tea plant. But is it true if you um, drink the seeds, you shrink your dick? Did you ever have that when? Uh, yeah, uh, I can I can confirm that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, whenever when people used to like grow their own weed, it was always like don't don't smoke the seeds or your dick will sh- your dick will shrink. <laughs> no. Does that work I in tea too, Arthur? There's only it. one way to find out. <laughs> yeah. I didn't smoke enough weed when I was young. All right, Arthur. So let's talk about um, your, where your love of tea came from and, and how how it grew to become your 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 business. Wow, love of tea. Um, it's a bit of a loaded question, there, sir. That's why I asked it. Um, I like tea and love is to me like people speak in such hyperbolic terms these days sensei right now you know <laughs> like they go oh you know I have to be I have to love something to be good at something or I've got to obsess over something to be really great at something uh, but for me tea is more more or less a vehicle for me to be myself really and um, you know I'm not taking the actual product itself for granted in that I do like tea um, but love is such a strong word 
you know, you love your family, <laughs> you love your friends, you know, do you love a product? Okay, you really like tea, we get it. Sorry, uh, <laughs> anyway, what, what was your question? <laughs> how, did, how did your like of tea <laughs> turn, into, turn into business? When did you, you know, have, oh, have, okay. you, have, have you always tried to, to make a business out of, out of tea? Or? No, 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 I was a freelance writer, m- much like yourself, mm-hmm. once upon a time. Uh, but anyway, how it all started was um, Chalk, my business partner, still to this day, he's overseas now and most of the year. Uh, he was the first and pretty much the last tea master, as far as I know, from T2. And uh, when he left T2, he had uh, we were friends before that, and uh, he had all this knowledge about tea, but not really much uh, experience with marketing or writing about it or promoting it. And so him and I decided to get together and start something ourselves. And uh, his focus regarding tea, anyway, was more on single estate stuff and not adding flavoring uh, to tea, which at that time there was a bit of a trend towards. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, because yeah, I think T2 was, I mean, it still is probably the biggest tea empire in, in, in Australia with, with, with stores, right? But it was yeah. a mammoth enterprise. But at one point, it was actually ago. like really great. And now you oh, walk in there now, yeah. it's all about rose petals and this <laughs> and fucking this and that. Blends, and, you know, yeah. it's like. Not about the tea anymore. It's about the marketing almost more than it anything. Is, um, but no, there's, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, companies like that because uh, it kind of opens the door for people. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely have a cupboard full of uh, like two kilo bags of T2 tea that someone <laughs> gave me at some point yeah. that, just, yeah. that just last you a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in amongst all their flavoured stuff and all their blends and all that, they, I'm sure they still have some really nice you know, single estate stuff, I think. Uh, but it just probably gets lost in the clutter. And having been bought out by Unilever, what, about a year ago? Maybe a little right. bit more? Um, who knows where it's taken, you know, sure. the direction. Yeah. yeah. So T-Craft, though. Yes. When, like, you know, how, how did you make the move from, like, you know, a partnership to, to, to getting where you are today? Oh, wow. Um, there was a, this point of, uh, I guess, epiphany of sorts, uh, where... Chalk needed to go back to Bali and live, right? And at that time, we probably had about, oh, you know, a dozen or so clients, right? So nothing we can live off. And um, it was at that point where he said to me, um, you know, do with T-Craft what you'd like. Uh, we can either close it out or just let it sort of dwindle or you can have a real go at it. And um, so I said, oh, well, we've gotten this far, so let's... Um, Let's see what I can do in six months' time. So I gave myself six months to make it, try to make it into something that I can live off. And uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> How many clients do you have now? Oh, um, directly probably around, in terms of wholesale, uh, 250 to 300. Mm-hmm. Uh, indirectly, it could be double, maybe even triple. Because so, sometimes we um, sell uh, our teas to distributors, clean skins. Um, and so the number, numbers will... Uh, you know, be you know t- twofold or threefold. Yeah. Mitch, how easy was it for you to kind of come into t- in, in, into contact with Arthur initially? Well, I actually got into contact with Arthur before we opened Acme through Chalk's sister Maya, who used to write for Gourmet Traveler, and I was friends with her through doing stuff with Gourmet and and that kind of thing, and started to speak to her about wanting to do some good teas and interesting teas and she she I think she'd mentioned Chuck before to me and I was like oh you need to speak to Arthur and I was like alright cool put me in contact and she she linked it up and me and Arthur pretty much hit it off straight away and 
we I went out to Arthur's old, <laughs> uh, where, not so much a warehouse, but uh, st- he had a storage unit in uh, was it in Lidcombe as well? No, no, it was in Ride or Me. In Ride, yeah. yeah, that's right. In like um, shout out to Kenard Storage, Kenard Storage, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went out there and and did this sort of same thing that we're doing today and tasted a bunch of stuff and told Arthur that I wanted to make it a focus of something that we do and something that we care about because I don't feel like a lot of restaurants do like a lot of places re- like might have nice teas on their menu but then they just treat them like shit they yeah, don't, there's no they don't treat the temperature properly of the water they don't brew them properly etc etc and tea often gets this bad rap of being bitter and you know because the people brewing it don't give a fuck about it and I wanted to sort of change that perception so we've just grown from there and you know every now and then I'll come out and taste some new stuff or Arthur will tell me he's got something cool and he'll send it to me to taste and we always try and change the teas that we have at Acme and at Brose now as well and keep it interesting for ourselves because I probably drink like six cups a day and we sell a fair bit of it too you know so you know we like to keep it changed up and keep it interesting and make it as equally important as our wine lists you yeah know? the funny thing like the comparison point with coffee I know a lot of people love love coffee in the world and you know there's a uh you know, a coffee lover will tell you like, oh yeah, I drink like, you know, six, seven cups a day and everyone's like, whoa, God. But there's no like comparative point in tea. Like if you're like, yeah, I drink 12 cups of tea a day. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck who cares. <laughs> is there, is there? But I think the shock of that is because that's like, dude, that's a lot of fucking caffeine, man. Yeah. You must be bouncing yeah. off the walls, you know? And like all tea has caffeine in it too, but it's not that same level and you're not doing it because like, oh, I work so hard, I have to have 12 coffees a day because I can't sleep. You know, like tea's a much more calming and zen thing in a way you know what I mean <laughs> absolutely um, the alertness with tea is more of a slow creep whereas with coffee you're after instant kind of gratification like you want that hit straight away it turns people into like these machines you know and I think that's why um, when you hear stories of 12 coffees like you just think wow that's just just way too much because you know they're bouncing off the walls Whereas with tea, I mean, it's it's such a you know calming thing, and even though it has caffeine in it, it releases it quite slowly, and so you you feel bright, but you don't feel necessarily high like you're on a hard drug. Yeah. I once had uh, ten espressos and got on a plane. <laughs> Worst experience of my life. <laughs> and they put me in the emergency row and then did the whole like spiel about how you got to help out if there's an emergency, and I fully thought we were going to die <laughs> the whole, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah worst worst hour of my and life the next day he switched to tea yeah <laughs> why did you drink 10 espressos yeah. uh it was when i was just about to open my cafe and we were trying to come up with like a house blend and i went down yeah, to melbourne tasting to hang out with the roasteries and yeah yeah it was an idiot <laughs> i thought i had to drink like drink the water completion and like yeah. not spit anything out <laughs> yeah. bad zone um, Mitch, does your like you know the the amount of care that you put into selecting the right teas and and, and, and brewing them properly at, at Acme and Brose? Does that do you have a lot of customers that, that come in and, and enjoy the tea selection, or is that still like you know a work in progress? Uh, I mean, s- staff probably drink most of the stock <laughs> that, the stock that we have, but um, no, like on Saturday lunches, like you know maybe sixty seventy percent of the tables will drink tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the week as well, like at night, you know, at the end of the meal, or sometimes if people aren't drinking wine, you know, it's always a thing for us. If someone doesn't want 
to drink alcohol, so just tea, you know. So we do sell a fair bit, much to Ed's um, chagrin most of the time. But yeah, like it's it's an important thing and it's different and it's still a sens- sensory experience as well. You know, like wine can be and like food is and, and yeah. all that kind of thing, you know. So yeah, and we we haven't done a staff training in a while actually. I think we probably need to organize another one across so. both both venues. But, you know, even if a, st- like a new staff member starts and I have a, a tea before every service and they make it wrong... I, I lose my shit at them and you know there's we have notes up on the wall so everyone knows what each tea is and what temperature and what time and you know so after a week of working at Acme you know how important it is to us and it you see people's perceptions change as well you know because they sort of go oh you just fucking put boiling water in it and forget about it and then pour it and it turns into oh now I see the difference of what it can be and how it should be and you know why we we care about it so i was just in melbourne with my wife and we, we went to a bunch of uh we went to like attica and bray royal mail and um igni while we were there and um most of those places do like a set menu um particularly attica and um and bray and that you know you always get the, the matched wines with those and they'll because my wife's pregnant at the moment she was offered the non-alcoholic one mm. and most joints do like pretty much every single course will be matched with like a juice mm. and like it, no one wants to drink like six <laughs> glasses of juice, juice yeah. um so I'm, I'm noticing a lot of places now using teas we so bray bray had and an, an really cleverly matched especially that we had, there was like i got i got a sake mm-hmm. and and she was given i wish i remembered more of the, the menu but she was given a, a tea that had the sa- similar attributes to sake yeah and it was really it was really really clever a lot of thought went into it and you know, there were about three three of the nine matches or whatever yeah. were, 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 were also, tea based they're also doing yeah it's almost like making a tea cocktail in a way where they use a tea as a base and they add an oil or another flavoring to it as well to enhance or match better to the food and stuff so it's pretty interesting yeah uh, Arthur you've uh, you've poured a new tea I have so we've had the second infusion of the white peony just before but now we're going to the first the golden peony which is another white tea but this time is an autumn picked uh, white tea which uh, autumn is not generally known for a white tea season but in the case of golden peony uh, it's a tale of survival of the fittest uh, they looked around and, and realized that there were still some really nice uh, tea bushes growing in autumn and they decided to make a white tea out of this and that's pretty much how it was done. This one is uh, Northern Hemisphere uh, Autumn 2015. So um, it would have been around about end of last year for us. Yeah. But with white teas, um, they can keep um, and actually can get better with age up to around about the three-year mark. Uh, anything beyond that, they tend to you know, get a bit stale. So this one, how is it different? Uh, Mitch it's uh, it's not as light and fresh as the white peony it's deeper and a little bit more tannin mm. in this one yeah, you taste it way more in the back of your mouth mm. yeah um, there's it is deeper uh, but at the same time it's got a almost like a um, cordial level of concentration of juice in it too uh, n- nectarines uh, a little bit of honey you know, that kind of feel. It's kind of sweetness to it. Is this the one on, the one that you have uh, at Acme? One of them? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
Um, Arthur, have you got a favourite tea? Or is I know you, you, you seem like someone that doesn't. That would never actually use the word favourite. So <laughs> <laughs> All the equal in the a, world of tea. Which one, which one do you love word. the most? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's tea. Just like anything, is quite very much a mood dependent. So yeah. um, you know, I mean, right now, when I whenever I start most tastings, I like to go from light to dark. So we generally in tastings go you know white teas, but. I suppose if you know you put a gun to my head and said, "Oh, you can only have one type of tea for the rest of your life." Oh, so it doesn't have to come to that. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, if if that was some some extreme situation like that, then I'll probably tend towards yeah one of the whites because you know they're palatable. It doesn't matter if you're cold or hot or uh, whether you feel hydrated or not. Um, it's, it tends to do the job. So yeah, e- an easy drink. White teas in general. Is that like? Do your taste in tea almost mirror your taste in wine? Like, were you are you more of a white uh, wine guy than a red wine guy? Man, I, I don't know much about wine to be honest. Uh, but again, if you were to put a gun to my head, I would generally it's in the uh, bag <laughs> veer towards reds, though. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess more tannins sometimes. Sometimes I don't know. No one knows about wine here. <laughs> <laughs> Not reds anyway. I don't drink red. So why the second steep? Man, uh, most teas brewed in this fashion, which I'll get to as well, um, can go, you know, minimum to some, you know, up to 12, you know, depending on the tea. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier about um, having a professional quote-unquote setup at home is, well, the thing is you don't actually need too much uh, to do tea well, but what you need to have is, you know, just the concept of using high leaf to water ratio for the most part and uh, doing very short steeps so that you, you're just stripping the essential oils off the tea leaf surface, which is where the flavor comes from. Um, so just having that concept um, really doesn't really matter too much, uh, you know, whether you have a fancy teapot or not. You could have, like, two little bowls, and applying that concept, you can make a pretty decent cup, you know, so long as, of course, your, the leaf itself is, you know, halfway good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you steep for the same amount of time on the second, third, fourth... Fifth steeps, oh, kind of the longest, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> um, generally, no, uh, because often uh, on your first infusion, even when it's not a rolled leaf, mm. it takes a little while for the leaf to soften up, okay, and therefore uh, impart flavour. Sure. So your first infusion often is quite uh, long comparatively, and then your second would be really short because it had you know sufficient uh, ample time to soften up. And then, like, you know, there's a bit of a, you know, uh, curve there. And then yep. you get to a level where, oh, wow, I've stripped a lot of the essential oils off now. Now I've got to steep it for longer to get any flavor. So yeah. there's, there's kind of like an up and down, kind of like a bell curve. And the flavor yeah. changes so much from, from, from steep to yeah, steep. Yeah, from steep to steep, I that's mean, even, right. Even the yeah. first and second one of that was pretty different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, uh, this second one is probably less uh, tannic in feel than the first. Mm. Uh, the first one, I'll probably let it sit for a little longer, but yeah. This one, you know, it's a little sweeter. Sweeter. So tell me about this uh, this kettle that you've got and Mitch mm-hmm. just recently acquired. Because I know you say yeah, that, I've, like, I've had one for a while. Yeah, yeah. I got one as well. Actually, you're, you're the only sh- one that doesn't have one, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to Breville for sending my, me my first digital kettle. Wow. Just from Instagramming tea. <laughs> Breville hooked it up, but uh, now I've I've upgraded to a very much like point controllable yeah fuck one. you Breville yeah. <laughs> no no shout out to Breville Breville's really good to me respect put some um, respect on Breville's name <laughs> so what's uh, what's this this, this this is quite a unique it looks like a you know a classic teapot it even has like a long weird spout 
So bon- Bonavita? This one's a Bonavita. Um, it's a gooseneck. I mean, the gooseneck is probably originally made for pour over coffees than it is for tea. Um, but I like the gooseneck because you know, it just pours really nicely. Uh, but the main thing is it's temperature controlled. Right. You know, so you can set it to you know, the one Celsius if you want. But rarely would you have to go that extreme. Usually you go in you know, five degree blocks is pretty sufficient. Yeah. I got a pretty cool one for my wedding. Uh, and I, th- I think it goes from like 70 degrees and then in five increments up from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. yeah thanks, guys. Appreciate that's it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the support. <laughs> thanks, Breville. <laughs> that's sufficient. Yeah. Um, what about like, I mean, are you, are you a bit pedantic about the cups you drink tea from as well? Or that doesn't matter? Uh, uh, these words, man. Pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, I mean, you know, I, I just t- told you about what I've my feelings towards obsessive hyperbolic uh, you know words and, and you go and throw one in my face um, what if we put a gun to your head yeah. <laughs> oh uh, well if that's the case uh, if a gun was to my head then I would generally choose a thin lipped cup mm-hmm. uh, most likely porcelain or some form of ceramic because they taint, uh, tend to taint the least uh, the flavour so yeah thin lip is pretty important in that it sort of uh, encourages you to oxidise or uh, in- introduce oxygen as you sip. Yeah. <laughs> like that so. Yeah. Stop <laughs> hating. <laughs> yeah. Try it. You might actually taste more. <laughs> um, so Toby, um, we mentioned that you uh, used to you 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 know Ghost Boy Cantina is what you do at the moment, but yep. your your background is in running cafes. Yep. What was the name of your cafe in Glebe again? Uh, the Wedge. The Wedge. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously it was called the Wedge Espresso, right? Yep. 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 But. Uh, did your love of tea come from running that cafe? And um, yeah, we had a pretty strong tea program there. Um, I knew Arthur from a cafe I was working in previously, so we were using tea craft from the start. I think I was a little bit too keen. I think we started off with a menu of like seven or eight teas. <laughs> and you, you always kind of like want people to be drinking tea more than they actually do. Mm. Um, so you had some teas that were sitting there for like... I mean, we had a pretty special tea on there. It was like seven bucks a cup, which I think we sold one of every month. <laughs> But, what was that? Um, what tea? Uh, first flush Darjeeling. Right. Was that a uh, an Arthur Tong original? Yeah, he loves it. Uh, it's not me. He doesn't love anything. Loves man. it. No, no, <laughs> I, love, I love lots loves of things it. actually. <laughs> <laughs> lots of things that generate feelings. <laughs> but uh, the actual, you know. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, uh, that's just the way I am. I'm sorry. It's beautiful, Arthur. Thank you, man. Uh, so, want to try something next? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Keep rolling. Um, well, as you know, Mitch, uh, Dragon Whale is probably one of my favourites. And at this particular season, um, I find it a little uh, nicer than the previous. The previous one was a little meaty. Uh, so kind of like a that really strong Vegemite kind of feel. It's kind of tomato-y. Yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. Well, that level yeah, of like tomato is, yeah. was really Imami. strong. But this mm. time, it's a little pared back, which I like. So here we go. Uh, and for the listeners at home or wherever you are, uh, green teas in general, no more than eighty degrees, please. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this has the this actually looks a lot more like seaweed than your average. Uh, I can have a little tea. sniff. Tell me what you smell. Okay. You cook. Hold on, I have to do a really loud, audible <laughs> sniff so I sniff better. <laughs> <laughs> it smells very very sweet. Sweet. Mm. That's all you're going to get from me. <laughs> Useless at describing thanks, thanks, tastes. <laughs> Mitch, Should be more your refined palate. Sweet. It's really you're vegetal. Yeah. Vegetal. Corn-like. I think sweet is more evocative than vegetal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Husk. Yeah. It, t- it smells like a corn or savoury broth. Yes. 
Oh, read I'm reading your notes. Oh, <laughs> I was getting excited. Cheat sheet. You know. I was like, you nailed it! <laughs> yeah, You've learned so much, young Padwan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Arthur, this uh, little tea deg that you're doing for us, yes. um, is this something that you, I know you offer it to your clients, but you know, if, if anyone listening right now loves tea and wants to come and buy some tea off you, is this something that you offer to potential customers? Look, you don't even have to buy tea off me. If you have an earnest interest in tea... And you want to come out to the hood, you know, give us a call, send us an email and like, you know, we'll set it up. I don't care about money, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Info at tcraft.com.au if you want to hook, hook one of these up because uh, I don't know if you can tell, this is the most relaxed episode of the Mitchin ever, <laughs> even though I have pins and needles in both <laughs> yeah. my feet from I suggest, sitting cross I suggest you bring now. a cushion <laughs> or a cam chair because Arthur makes you sit on the floor. <laughs> it's too old for this, Arthur. He doesn't believe in floor. <laughs> All surfaces are equal. (laughs) (laughs) You can have a little stretch over at the dojo end of the dojo. Yeah, we should describe the the surroundings as well. Take a video and put it up. There's uh, there's some incredible art on the wall um, and uh, various framed pictures of... uh, Pop culture icons among... Oh, pop culture. Come on, man. Don't, Dave li- Chappelle. don't minimize my shit to that. It's just people that inspire Dave me. Whether Letterman. Pop culture or not. <laughs> um, and uh, I think the, my favorite, most Arthur thing uh, that I can see is a book called Memoirs of a Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> the shelf I haven't actually read that yet. Bridget bought yeah, it for me. Um, she's away today, but yeah. I've yet to find out what that really is all about. Yeehaw. The painting that? that you see up there, my wife did that. Right. Yeah. The so a painting of a, of, a, of a beautiful lady exhaling smoke. Yeah. The, the general concept was that tea, much like weed, is for sharing. So sip, sip, pass. Or puff, puff, give all the same. Yeah. <laughs> when does the uh, the weed discussion of the podcast start? Oh, any time, any time. Because would you could, would you link the two? Love of tea and a love of a love of oh, like um, the sticky icky. I wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. Yeah, a little little different, little different. Because I mean, you, you talk about coming out to the hood, and that's your your, your, your place is in Lidcombe. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, and your older um. Officers were in Rydalmere. Oh, that was even more hood. This is like uh, caviar dreams for the hood. <laughs> you know? And uh, was... I found out recently that you live almost around the corner from me in North y- Parramatta. Most def. I love it there. Um, Mitch grew up in Toon Gabby. 246. You got a western suburbs little <laughs> bit that we uh, about. Man, Northern Beaches. Okay. Of course, yeah. Right. Sorry. Take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the western suburbs, and I, and I, and I, and I say that pretty much every episode. Mm. Is there something that keeps you here beyond the cheaper rent? <laughs> <laughs> I bought my house, thank you very much. Uh, no. Uh, wow, that's a really good question. Well, okay. Um, I oh. suppose... Damn, this is good. Sorry, this is the yeah. best tea yet. I feel it's, very, it's very meaty, this. It, it is meaty, but you should have seen... Uh, you should have tasted the season before. If it's even more uh, on that end. But this, this is a, actually a little bit pared back. Um, it even has more of a mouthfeel. Yeah. Than the white teas. It's creamier so it in a way. Yeah. It's brothy. Buttery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah definitely. Yeah. Very brothy. Absolutely. So, as you can see, uh, Tobes, you asked me about, you know, first and second infusion times. This second one has to go straight away. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because the flavors come out already. Man, this is incredible. This is like a meal. And out of, out of this, this thimble full of tea is, is, is like a meal. It's fantastic. So that rumbling in the background was our daily courier sending teas out to <laughs> good folks. Away. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, the Dragon Well. This one's my favourite one. Where, where's this from? 
from Thousand Lakes Province, so Qingdao Province. Fuck, that makes New South Wales sound so lame. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, tell me, tell me about a very... Oh, we have our first tea fatality. Oh, man. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur, clearly, Arthur clearly does suffer from pins and needles as much as we do. Just fell over and spilled tea all over Toby's leg. Oh, shit. That was a test. Good time. That was a test. Did he I'm, fail or pass? I'm still to find out what lesson behind that actually was. Uh, that was amazing. You're right. Yet, so an, yet another reason this should be a video podcast. Tees, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're safe. Um, oh, yes. You asked me about Western Sydney, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you grow up here? No, I didn't. But let, let me get to that. Okay. Um, All right. Take your time. Okay. Uh, Stop West- pressuring the man, lads. Western Sydney. Relax. Why I, I like it is, uh, you know, again, the idea of herding everyone towards a densely populated area didn't really make sense to me. Um, you know, why, you know, pay so much more for so much less space? Um, you know, so that's, you know, generally I, I feel like if, if we uh, have that, notion that we have to be where everything is already built up for us everything is already set up for us then where's the creativity where's the where's the point of living really uh so you know i wanted to go somewhere where you know there's a bit of space for my children of course um something that i is within my means and something that i feel i have an opportunity to add to so that's why i choose to be out in north para yeah yeah it's pretty i'm um, Food options in North Parramatta are pretty slim, but, are? It, but it is close to a lot of other good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's the only downside to North Parramatta. Yeah. I lived in Granville first. Um, okay. Not all my life, but I moved there when we opened our restaurant in the city. And so I was having to be in the city like six days a week sure. and then gigs and stuff like that. So I was pretty yeah. much there every day. And, and being feeling like actually away from the restaurant in the western suburbs was mm. so important to me yeah, because yeah, yeah. like it, for the first time since we opened if there was a problem and I was on like my day off or I'd come home from work or I was you know enjoying a late start to the day I wouldn't automatically go okay cool I'll be there in 10 minutes I'd be like well like you know I'm an hour away so you fucking deal with it <laughs> and that was like the most zen moment yeah. of having have, like you know just that that, that, that distance from, from the restaurant was yeah, very to very be great. out of the shit you know yeah. like just that little bit of a break from Mitch lives three minutes away from Acme. How's that? <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, because I'm a control freak, so... Right. You know, but at the same time, it has come in really handy a couple of times where staff have fallen sick or staff have had um, family issues and stuff and had to leave mid-service and I've been on my couch watching nothing worth watching and gone, oh, fuck, all right, I'll be there in, you know, two minutes and... You know, for for that reason, it's very handy. But I also live where I can completely avoid the restaurant if I so choose. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate my restaurant like you hated yours, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. <laughs> um, so it was uh, Yesterday was two years since we closed the dip. Yes. And you were very fucking happy. I was. Yeah, but let, let, let's let's talk about let's let's talk about the Western Suburbs for a bit. We, sure. we, we've done like very vague guides. It's particularly about eating. Yes, this is a food podcast. We've oh, got yes, to have a little bit of food. Okay, in here. Let's talk where, about food. Where are your favorite favorite places to eat between here? And I love going to Eastwood. Uh, I mean, that's uh, sort of more northwest, but it's still west. Um, that's where I would go for Hong Kong style cafe food. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I might go for. Oh, there's a new. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. it just opened up. This uh, Singaporean place is really good. They did this uh, kind of like a coconut broth. Um, rice spaghetti soup spaghetti thing. Oh, it's beautiful. Whoa, Delicious. What the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, what's oh, I can't remember. Oh, bloody hell, I can't remember the name of the place. 
Well, it's just just opened up maybe about a month ago. Not just, even. just Google coconut spaghetti soup <laughs> Eastwood. Was it was it just a laksa? They do excellent laxas there too um, My wife had one while I had this coconut weird thing um, But yeah um, I Eastwood's think, just yeah. You know, just and I would argue favorite. This is a controversial opinion I think the Tan Viet at Eastwood oh, the best. Is better than the one it's at Cabramatta Okay cool Not controversial Eastwood Tan Viet is the best one It's so good Chicken um, is juicier Chicken is crispier 100% uh, yeah, yeah. They constantly have lines Like even randomly Like if you went right now yeah, be There'll line. be a line Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's 6am on a Sunday morning In case anyone's wondering <laughs> um, Okay, what about what about Actually West though Outside of Eastwood Eastwood is great And definitely doesn't get the props it deserves Actually, I just finished I did a bunch of area guides For the Good Food Guide this year Oh yeah I can't really reveal what's on them But I can say which ones I did yeah. I did um, Auburn, Cabramatta, Parramatta um, And then... Uh, they wanted me to do manly, but there was just—I was just like, I can't do manly. So oh, there's no, there's on. no. There's no what's, <laughs> should I have asked you? That, uh, that's no, it's not worth it. Man. Northern Beaches yeah, is, is rough because I write—I yeah. write regular articles for the for the yeah. Herald, and people like I always do disturb about Western suburbs. So the top comment is always like, "Oh, finally, a writer from the Herald ventures <laughs> north, ventures west, west of Newtown." Um, but now I'm getting the comment like, "Oh, so sick of them never featuring the Northern Beaches." <laughs> do they just refuse to come here? I, I would love to. Yes, white people, we refuse to go <laughs> to the Northern Beaches. Apparently, there's a decent wood-fired pizza place, but that's uh, that's all I know. According to not people in the Northern yes, Beaches, yeah, true, so yeah. it's not decent. <laughs> um, but I. Uh, it was really hard for me to do a guide to... It was like, so the area guides are 10 places in each of these suburbs. And so like, Cabramatta was easy. Auburn was like a little bit of a challenge. I did Lakemba. Oh, yeah. Lakemba's nice. like one of the greatest yeah. and craziest... I, I, I haven't spent that much time in Lakemba, so doing this there was... I don't know, even the first time you go to Cabramatta as like a teenager or in your 20s or whatever, like... It's like overwhelming. Uh, when you have an appreciation of food. And it is like being on holiday. It's mm. like this temporary kind of, you know, two-hour-long... You know, stroll down an incredible street where uh, where there's just plentiful. Oh, that's that's beautiful. We've got a, a new tea. This one's called Snow Phoenix. Very good, sir. Very good. <laughs> I can read. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, but uh, Lakemba, like it, uh, evocative of, of, of that, those first few trips through uh, through Cabramatta, and and uh, no matter what night of the week you go there, it always feels. Like, I, know, I know a big a big thing for you know the foodie. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, group, group to do is to go to Lakemba after Ramadan. 
Yes. When they did the massive festival there. But like, if you just go to Lakemba on any night, it's always popping. Like, there's yeah. so many people in the street. There's so many late night restaurants with like colorful fluorescent lights. There's so much good, um, even good Indonesian food, good, uh, you know, lots of, obviously lots of good Bangladeshi food and, and Lebanese stuff. But yeah, Lakemba was great. But, but Parramatta was proper difficult. Yeah, so as a yeah, Parramatta proper, yeah, it, it, it hasn't yet really defined itself in terms of a culturally specific, really good, uh, you know, niche cuisine per se. Yeah. However, having said that, Harris Park... Well, that's like, what I, I broke the rules oh, yeah. and, and, I, and I just made half the list Harris Park because yeah. Harris Park is like oh, the best. Yeah, yeah. crazy so, good for Indian subcontinental, yeah. you know, um, Nepalese, um, you know, Sri Lankan. Have you got a favourite place in Harris Park? Uh... Again, I, I'm really bad with the names. And bad with favorites, too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, I went to Chetka's the other day. Chetka's is wild. Is Have you been to Chetka's? The most confusing menu so. I've ever read in my entire life. So Chetka's is like this, um, it almost feels like, I want to, like, this is... This is that where you went before you came to Acme? No, that was somewhere in Chinatown. Yeah. Um, this uh, weird, like, uh, this is the, uh, underselling it, I mean, like, immediately, but it feels like a, an Indian take on, like, Applebee's or, like, one of those, like, yeah. oh, crazy, like, steak <laughs> yeah. kind of um, family chain restaurants in the States. But the menu is, like, there's, like, 150 options. And they're, they're, there's some traditional South Indian snacks, lots of incredible, like, like snacks, like the, you know, crackers and pakora and that kind of stuff. But then there's just, like just really like slightly Indian takes on like a club sandwich mm. and pizza yeah. and like just bizarre things. Chatkas is rare. It's rare. And the food's good. It's just like, it's just crazy. You're not being there? No, no, I can't say I have. I was a big fan of um, Taj Indian sweets. Yes, yes, yes. They're really good. And same as Chatkas and, 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 uh, and Taj, both entirely vegetarian. But Is you, that the you, one with the big orange awning? Uh, that's the one like right around. It looks pretty plain from the outside. Um, but that's that's really really great. Good place for snacks too. And um, and then Haveli, which is one I've been going to lately. They do really good um, fish curry. We went there recently, and they did like a uh, a mustard greens curry. It's like especially do the day that came with like a side of almost like this big like disc of of kind of blackened cornbread, which I'd never seen on an Indian menu before. Obviously, it wasn't cornbread, but it was something similar. Yeah, it's a good Harris Park is is so good. There's like a um. A place opened by a guy who has like a Michelin star that just opened up in, in, a couple of weeks ago that I went to with um, Miffy from Good Food. And they do a, a pineapple curry there, which was like by far the, the, the best thing on the menu. But And it's like one of the little sides that you have with pickles. Was that the inspiration for your food? Yeah, my wife and I made a, a broad bean and, and pineapple curry last Wonderful. night. Yeah, it kind of was, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> pineapple curries, good, good vibe. Yeah. Do you think that's because, um, back to the Parramatta not being quite as good as the surrounding suburbs as far as food goes you think that's a rent thing I think it's a white people thing to be honest rent's so expensive in the middle of Parramatta now yeah but I think Parramatta's also always been the hub right like with the Westfield and it's always been the big commercial area sure you know it hasn't been like a suburb or you know like like Cabramatta or Lakemba is it's not a cultural yeah. suburb you know it's like the commercial centre of the western suburbs it's kind of like um, if you were going to the heart like say Wynyard or something and trying to look for something really you know culturally stand out it's pretty difficult mm. you know? There's some but like you, you know outskirts. Yeah. There's a pretty reasonable, um, cheap Vietnamese place that I like. The, um, that they've got the oh, pasture, yes. which I think is pretty good. Um, um, yes, um, we'll see. That, that's a name that I can 
actually remember that I often go to in Paramount itself. There's two faux pasteurs. Yeah, yeah. So you got to go to OG one, the one actually on the Chinatown end of Church Street. Yeah, yeah. So not the I think one on George. I, I think they're they're, oh, they're oh. as good as each other. Really, they're, they're both not fantastic. But Come on. Okay, no. all right, all right. No, no, no. no, no really, no, one's no, better no. than the other. No, really, wait, don't but compare. Don't get, don't get pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the other one, um, the slightly newer one, that's kind of outside of the uh, faux pasteur with the yellow bull and the yep. green red emblem. Um, out, the one that's not that, um, it seems to be more of a slightly confused uh, Viet Canto. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely even some northern Chinese, menu, some yeah. Southeast Asian random mix. So I'm not really that into that one. Yeah, um, and then there's the. Um that great Singaporean place. What's it called? Oh, Tamasek. Tamasek. That's yeah. cr- that place is ill. That's Tamasek. Oh, I'm not allowed to say. Oh, I don't want to say anything derisive, right? Uh, but I have to be honest with my feelings. Uh, I Please. feel it's slightly overrated. Um, each time I go there, I feel like I've had a dish that it's good. It's a good dish, but I've had things better. Sure, but like, I mean, you know, like a chick- the chicken rice, right? It's raved on about. No, the chicken day. rice is one of the worst things on the menu because oh, they well, overcook the there chicken. You go. There you go. Yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah, yeah. But the best, I mean, if if you go there with a big group and ball out and get the crab, yeah, um, and then they the crab is like you know classic Singapore chili crab with stacks of you know MSG laden sauce, and then they bring out a big plate of uh, just sliced white bread to dip yeah. up all the extra crabby sauce with. Yeah, yeah. That's a vibe. Okay. That's a real good vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some There are some definite... Don't, don't, don't get the chicken rice. The yeah. luxes are really good there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think like for Parramatta, that's, yeah. that's really good. And then I, 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 had to, I had to go to Courtney's Brasserie. Yes, yes, yes. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. It's like our own... Like, it's our, the only kind of proper fine dining place in, in Parramatta. And, and I think there's... It's an institution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. And they do a, they do a cheap cheap kind of lunch menu at the bar as well yeah. which is which is worth checking out too but yeah. that place is really nice I wished that's like one, one place that I wish like because the, the food is like capably modern for sure but the uh, I wish that they had more of like a, a young modern influence on the drinks yeah because they have like a local kind of like you know Parramatta ale that's like the best thing you can do and I hate ales but yeah. uh, <clears throat> no, no decent wine on there are but, you a fan of uh, Circa? yeah is yeah. great yep that's a that's a and um, you know the, the previous episode that you were on was with um, Dan from Artificer that's and they right. have yeah. well they had that's that's the the place to go to get Artificer coffee in, in Parramatta. Oh, I, I didn't realize they use Artificer. Yeah, yeah, they got uh, they got all the, all the cold press stuff yeah. as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is now the only coffee I drink after uh, that one episode. I love just getting a, a bottle of cold press and kind of like slowly sure. drinking it yeah. like an idiot. <laughs> Which tea was that? Was that the Snow Phoenix? It was. That was You're a fan, huh? This is the yeah. second brew. I don't actually sell this one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I haven't seen that one before. No, no. Well, this, is a, this is a Mitchin exclusive. Oh, it is. It is. Um, first time I've served it here, actually. Very melony. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's in the same family well. of the honey orchid. Right, yeah. But uh, this one's even uh, it's, sweeter. It, it's a little soapy. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of like very floral. It's, there's soapy. one in every class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, somebody told me, uh, the golden peony reminded me them of uh, spaghetti water, and just, that just bloody killed me. Spaghetti that just, water that just killed me. Yeah. Starchy. Yeah, yeah. But and I was do, like, do you get soapy characteristics like when you eat coriander and stuff? No. Yeah, that's weird. I reckon it's soapy. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah cool. Get you back. Two in every bunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not in a bad way. It's just like I don't know. Sometimes soap is, an, is a nice is a nice smell. Should we take a trip slightly west of where we've been, T-wise? Sure. So let's go um, to Orange Valley in Darjeeling. And this is 
what they would consider as quote unquote an oolong, but I won't use that term because to me oolong needs to come from Fujian province mm-hmm. or originate from at least. Um, so I would just say that this is a semi-oxidized uh, Darjeeling tea, and this is from a sample pack. And I, I went through it quite a bit because I quite liked it. And now it's like the last of it. So. Well, this is another mention exclusive. It is actually. There you go. Um, so I noticed that um, your tastes, even though you, you probably will decline to say so, they definitely <laughs> lean towards predominantly Chinese teas. Ah, wow. Um, what a, what a, another loaded... You love your loaded questions. You know, you're always like putting I'm a people, journalist. Yeah, yeah, you, put, you put people on the spot and you angle them a certain way, make them out to be a certain thing. No, no. Um, uh, what was the question? Sorry. Sorry I lost What's myself. your name? <laughs> My name no, I is... Said, I said you're... Uh, you're you like you're, Chinese tea. Yeah, your, okay. your teas are... Uh, First and foremost, tea, all tea pretty much is Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you aware of that? Young lives? More or less, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so even tea grown in India, primarily with the exception of the Assam strain, uh, is, uh, c- came from China. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that question itself is kind of strange because, you know, if that's the case, then everything is Chinese anyways by, defo- by, by definition. Um, but, n- oh, wow. So Do fuck I you, Les. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, you know, like... To someone who does not know much about tea, like yeah. b- the first few teas, you think of other, other you know, we live in a very Western country. Yes. So, yes. so you're like, okay, teas are Earl Grey, English breakfast. Oh, dear. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So w- at what point did you, like, you know, did you shun, did you shun those teas for... No, no. For, or, you, or you just never had them growing up? No, no, not at all. I mean... Um, Arthur makes an Earl Grey. Yeah, yeah. I'll make Earl Grey. I'll make uh, English breakfast and all sorts of blends too. There's, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of teas. It's just that... They're not how I sort of... My frame of reference for tea is not limited to that. Cool. Yeah. Why? Uh, because I discovered, you know, uh, as uh, under, I guess, Chock's uh, tutelage, you know, where the original teas come from. And once you know the original source, it's hard to steer away from it. And it's hard to think that somebody can put a bunch of other stuff together and make it better. Because, you know, most things are best in its natural state. And from its original state, and in in the case of tea, it's primarily China. Yeah. Tell me about more, more, some more about Chuck, your partner. Okay. How how, how you met him and, and how uh, oh, what, what he did before, like you know, <laughs> is, is he significantly older than you or no no, no he's no. like uh, a year younger than me. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how how is he the, the master? Oh wow! That, uh, that, that, that taught you everything you know. He is a homeopath by trade and has been so for many years now. Uh, but we met because I needed a lift uh, one one day when I was 18 years old, and he was working at Macca's. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how, Great origin how we story. met. Yeah, yeah. Great origin story. Uh, but how he got into tea was uh, a pretty good story. Like he was in Hong Kong, and uh, suddenly there was a sudden uh, downpour. I think it was kind of like typhoonish kind of season, and he ducked into a tea shop, and from there, like he just fell in love with tea, and he started, you know, studying it. Yeah, and he learned a lot about it, and. Uh, so his knowledge, obviously, over the years rubbed off on me, and then yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how I came to it. And what's the, so you, you say he spends a lot of a lot of the year abroad? Yeah, is that working on tea craft stuff, or has he got some? Side no, hustles? primarily he uh, he's a homeopath over there. Right, but the tea craft uh, is his side hustle. You could say you could say, but the thing is, he's growing his own tea there also, which will taste. Uh, it's down there somewhere on the list. The last, the last one. one. There you go. Um, and he, he made a little clearing in the bushes uh, in Bali 
uh, to grow his own organic tea and, and to experiment not just growing but processing tea, which is very interesting. Um, and yeah, and that's what he's doing at the moment. Awesome. Do you have anyone on the ground in China that kind of goes to farms and whatnot? We do, we do. Um, I travel a lot less nowadays, primarily because of kids. You know, yeah. you know how these lives. How many you got? Yeah. Two, two. Yeah. But yeah, we tend to have someone on the ground in every source country at the time we need stuff, uh, so that they can suss things out and whatnot. Uh, but having done this for so many years, like you, yeah, you have you develop a very good trusting relationship with your providers anyway. So yeah, it's all good. Um, Mitch, let's quickly talk about your recent trip to England, the UK. Oh yeah, your yeah. Uh, Mitch Mitchell does Brexit tour. Yeah, were you there for that? <laughs> Fucking assholes, man. No. They could have done it two weeks earlier and saved me so much fucking money. <laughs> uh, really? So you're, you're pro Brexit <laughs> just for the money? <laughs> I, w- I would have been. I would have been pro Brexit if I had to save me some money while I was there. But no, I um, think it's pretty. pretty hundred sh- people just unsubscribed. Pretty. Sh- <laughs> pretty sh- um, so you were there um, to to do a, a, a one night, two night, residen- two night residency at uh, what was the name of the restaurant? Lyles. And uh, how did that go? Tell us through the little menu. Put it together. went really well. Um, I didn't really have to do much. Lyles, Lyles is a fucking fantastic restaurant. It's a one Michelin star, but it's very much our kind of place. It's very casual, very fun. Um, I ate lunch twice there while I was over there as well. And James James Lyle, James Lowe's food, sorry, is so fucking tasty and so intricate, but so simple you know there's a lot of technique and precision but it's just really simple on the plate really the kind of food I like to eat and um, he's got a really great team there a few Aussies and a few internationals in the kitchen um, and it's just a really fun place it's it's a restaurant that has a really great culture even though it's a bit more serious than Acme is you can tell that it has a really fun good culture like everybody loves working there front of house and back in house and back of house really get along there's no bullshit you know they love natural wine and all that kind of stuff so it was really easy to sort of transplant acme there um i landed in london at like 6 a.m on a friday morning went to the restaurant for lunch ate a fantastic meal sat down with james afterwards and went through sort of the two menus for the two dinners and then did a prep list and then james did the ordering and then on Sunday, we went to Jamie Oliver, one of Jamie Oliver's restaurants, um, one of the 15s, I think. No, one of the Jamie's Kitchens, because they were the only, the only people in London with a uh, pasta extruder. And James and I went and extruded pasta for the dinners there. Mm-hmm. So, shout out to Jamie for that. And then um, went into the restaurant, and a couple of the guys came in, and we did some of the big prep jobs, like ice cream and stuff, and... As usual, I walked around and looked at Instagram and didn't really do anything. <laughs> What's it like looking at Instagram in London? It's different, you know. You get a different perspective of, you know, the timelines and stuff, you know. And then on Monday, we went in and James had all 10 of his chefs rostered on and three of them did the Lyle's lunch service and everybody else did the prep for the dinner. And again, I just sort of walked around and answered questions and everyone was like, you know, I think when most chefs go and do a dinner overseas or at another restaurant they really try and flex their chef muscles in a way and do the bet like you know the sickest dish they can do or whatever and i didn't really want to do that i just wanted to recreate the vibe and the fun that we have at acme Mm -hmm. so you know we did 
a few classic Acme things with little British twists on them, and I just wanted to use produce that we can't get here, like, you like know. the British equivalent of Jats. No, I actually took Jats <laughs> over with me. Um, monkfish liver and, you know, razor clams and stuff like that, and English peas and white asparagus and stuff that we can't really get here, you know. So, yeah, it was good. And, you know, the, all the, guy, the staff would come up to me like, Mitch, how do you want this done? How do you want that done? And I'm like, yeah, well, it's whatever, you know. Just, yeah, that's fine in my, you know, very casual way. And we had a gr- really great time and it was a really fun fun service i think the first night we did 66 covers with 10 chefs mm-hmm. compared to doing 120 covers with three chefs at acme so it was a pretty chill service yep and then we upped the covers a bit the next day and did it with a couple less chefs and you know we turned future up really loud and <laughs> that kind of freaked everybody all the staff out they kind of said uh james do we need to change the playlist <laughs> james like no we're playing this uh Whoa. Chef, do, do we need to <laughs> do we need to turn it down? And James like no, and it, you know it took them about half an hour to realise we're actually going to play really loud rap music. And once once they got into it, they all relaxed and you know became the smart artists like my staff at Acme and danced around and had a good time. And it was it really felt like Acme. And you know a couple of like one of our former staff members, Fat Cat, came to the dinner and said that it really felt like being at Acme you know which is really right. amazing and that really speaks to the culture that Lyles has as a restaurant was there tea on the menu no actually no they did have a couple of really nice single estate teas and it took me a little while I t- you know going to London I was like fuck I'm gonna get to drink so much tea mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if it's mm-hmm. even if it's shitty <sighs> English breakfast and man Lyles was the only place that I went that I could drink tea basically and the only place with good tea and it even took the guys a little while to realise that when I asked for a cup of tea I just didn't want a, a builder's tea loaded with milk and sugar and you know <laughs> like the English is so ingrained in that yeah yeah but yeah once once we got past that it was it was really good yeah so it was f- it was fucking fantastic man it was so much fun it was really really great and I'd go and do it again in a second and I'm really hopeful we can get James over here to sort of repay the favour you have to get 10 chefs in the, in the time before he comes here though. yeah his food's a bit more uh, <laughs> more labour intensive than mine yeah. I had a similar experience doing the uh, the dip pop up at Aut- Automata yeah. with Clayton and all his team um, last month because uh, w- he's got like like I don't know at any given time there's like 12 people in the kitchen there and then, and in kitchen space alone just he ha- the, the Automata kitchen you know if you've eaten there you can see it's the open kitchen like even that space is pretty pretty yeah. great but then he has just beneath it the entire space of the restaurant almost yeah. below that of you know cool room and bench space and right. different incredible uh, kitchen tools that I'd never seen anywhere before yeah. so uh, it was really fun forcing um, Clayton to prep things in a much better way than we used to like I made him hand chop like 40 kilos of, uh, <laughs> of tomatoes for instead salsa. of just putting them in a the blender yeah <laughs> <laughs> it looked beautiful but I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't make him do it again but uh, yeah it's, it's, it's so funny you know cooking because that you know again we had we had three four people in the kitchen as well and we would do 200 to 300 covers in a night of you know doing doing burgers and hot dogs and nachos but we did i think 140 covers but with six people in the kitchen yeah it looked really good man fuck yeah the hot dogs look so good i I think we're going to do another one again but it was really fun him so i I, my favorite thing on the menu at the dip was the lev's dog which is the hot dog so good it named it after me (laughs) <laughs> and uh, that's like a take on a on like a California kind of you know you've got like a little bit of Mexican but also very fresh taste of 
fresh salsa and pickled yellow peppers, which is the thing that Mitch taught me how to do before we opened the restaurant. Um, and uh, Clayton decided he would do uh, CJ's, dog. CJ's dog. I think he called it, he called it the Clay Dog, actually, because he realized that people used to call him Clay Dog when he was a yeah. kid. Um, and so that was like a very, a lot more like kind of Euro with, with different kind of uh, Nordic pickles and stuff like that. And much, much stronger um, mustard. But yeah, it was really great uh, putting on rap in in in, uh, in automata as well and playing that really loud. And it's funny uh, that, that's that's a big similarity between the dip and Acme and just loud rap music. Although we used to blare it from the kitchen so loud that you could hear it yeah, spill the, out into the restaurant, yeah. whereas you just blare it through I just the restaurant. It in the restaurant yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about some uh, restaurants you, you ate at while you were away? Because you didn't just go to London. You, you yeah, did you go to Noma as well. Like, yeah, I pretty much just hung out in East London while I was in London and ate at Braun and Forty Maltby and. Um, uh, Sega and Wild and just all the really casual fun places and had a drink at P. Franco and had some snacks at Legs and things like that you know just the really London's East London's really similar to Sydney now there's a really strong community and a really um, everyone's on the same point you know like everyone that's into the same thing is forming a really strong community and really all the young guys are starting to do their own dope shit you know so yeah, spent a week in East London and then went to Copenhagen with Fat Cat, where she's now living and working, um, and pretty much did all the big names in Copenhagen. Uh, went to Noma for the first time in Copenhagen, went to Amass, went to Relay, went to Beast, went to Manfred's, went to Geist, went to Braw. So I pretty much... I I pretty much broke Fat Cat in the first day yes, of that's an day of being of there. Restaurants. Yeah, but uh, Noma, Noma was a real, actually a real highlight, and I I I almost went there wanting to find a reason to not like it, mm-hmm. just because it's Noma, you know. But it really blew me away. It was fun and tasty, and it was fucking beautiful. And you know, like speaking of really amazing service. We walked in and sat down, and uh, Cat Bont, our good friend, poured Fat Cat a glass of Pet Nat and had a pot of tea ready brewed for me and poured me a <laughs> cup of tea as soon as I sat down. And from that point, I knew we were going to be in for a pretty special meal. So yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. That was good. Now you um, famously don't like long, drawn-out lunches or dinners. No, I don't. How long did Noma take? Noma is super quick, man. Is it really? Yeah, Noma pumps you. How long? It's like two hours. Yeah, but right. That's insane. It's... As soon as you finish your course, they clear your plates and your next course comes within two minutes. So, like, I'm happy to sit there and eat for three hours if I'm constantly getting something as soon as I'm finished the next thing. It's waiting half an hour between courses sure. that, I, that I don't like. Why is that, Mitch? Is there I something don't have inside the you? I don't have the attention boring. span, man. It's boring. Oh, yeah. I'm like, to wait. I'm here to eat, yeah. so feed me and let me be on my way. Right, fair enough. Um, I had uh, just a talk about that like being in melbourne again attica i know is is, is a very drawn out um uh meal um, but they you know they, they, they kind of tell you that to begin with yeah. and they say you know are you in a hurry do you want to get anywhere can we keep here all night but the first two hours of that meal is that's that's the highlight it's like just this cracking pace where they just yeah. they put like one to two different snacks on the menu at the same time and it's just like this the pacing of that was like bang, bang, a bang. highlight of highlight of the trip but uh igni yeah, for real, won me as like like one of the best restaurants that I've that I've visited. It's one in Geelong with um Aaron, who used to be the head chef at Loam. Yeah, that's the top of my list to go and eat at. At Dude, the moment, so good. He has like a really really incredible um, grill that I wish I knew the name of. 
Uh, surely you do, Mitch. What's that really, really expensive grill that you can get? Yeah, no, whatever. A Conroe. Something, but you, you can basically lower. Oh, uh, um, right. Yeah. I, have, I haven't seen it set up yet, so. Dude, I know exactly everything. You know when like, that, that taste of, of charcoal really makes it onto the, uh, onto the food? Yeah, very good. Um, let's stop talking about food for a minute because we, we missed, it, missed talking about a, a course of tea. The inhale, exhale. Uh, that was prior to what I'm pouring right now. Yeah, yeah we didn't talk about that. That was very, that was uh, that was very citrusy. It was. almost tastes like a little bit like a like piney as well to me. Very good, sir. Um, that one was not actually a tea, but a herbal uh, blend. Mm. Uh, it's called inhale, exhale because there were people in China that commissioned us to create something that would help with their air pollution problems, and so. Uh, again, under the guidance of Chalk, we put together some ingredients that would help open up the airways. Um, and the key ingredient, unfortunately, for taste uh, in this in that blend is thyme. Uh, and if if you're experienced drinking thyme in fu- just like immersed in water, you you know what I mean. So we had to you know uh, come up with something that would marry well uh, with it. And in that, in this case, it's lemon myrtle. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. Um, so we were actually able to pair back that sort of really strong thyme licorice f- uh, flavor with a lemon myrtle. Um, and yeah, so that, that was a herbal blend to break up the course of um, white greens and oolongs and then going into the black, darker stuff. And holy shit, this one might be my favorite one so far. Well, uh, this one is actually uh, one of the more original domestic, what we call domestic grade uh, Lapsang Sushongs, a Fujian Red. Um, now in China, Lapsang Sushongs are not really smoked um, it's only known as a smoky tea in you know western society I suppose uh, because that's what you know they they export out but uh, yeah for the mo- most part in China when you ask for a lapsing sushong you're, you're asking for something like this where it's kind of like vanilla butterscotch um, that kind of like sweet like Milo yeah yeah malty yeah absolutely yeah, the maltiness yeah yeah so that's pretty much the flavor end that you expect it when you order it there, a lapsing sushong. So uh, here we call it uh, Fujian Red, just after the province to which it comes from. And it's a red tea, so... This is, this is the one that I mean tastes like Milo. The other yeah. one, the regular lapsang doesn't. Just yeah, no, no, yeah. No. the regular lapsang, the export version, is often quite tarry and overly smoked to uh, I make love up... The, I love the smell so. of it more than the taste of it. Yeah, yeah. Smells like a cigar box. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You can get um, lapsang that's kind of more lightly smoked than what we usually get out here, right? It's kind of a little more balanced. Absolutely, you can still taste the tea. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the lapsang that we call lapsang in amongst our range is such that it is lightly smoked. So it appeals to people who think lapsang sushong is that really smoky stuff, um, but it kind of hints at at the fact that hey, uh, this is not all. Lapsang Sushong is all about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Smell like potato chips to anyone else? Yeah, very, very yeah. savory kind of smell. Yeah. It's like Pringles. Mm. <laughs> Yo, have you tasted the new? Um, <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Pringles ha- now make corn chips. They're like circular. I'm, I'm sure there's no corn in them. But have you have you tried them? No. Nah. They're so incredible. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Because corn chips are my favorite food. I don't know if I've said that yeah. on the podcast before. Um, you know, uh, Old El Paso's got the... I, I fully shouldn't be spruiking this at all. Um, <laughs> they got... I think they just brought them out. It's like a crispy shell taco with, like, cheese powder on it. It's oh, like no, a that's Doritos shell. That sounds awesome. No, I hate, I hate a cheese corn chip. I love just the oh, no original, like, plain plain corn. Yeah. I love the blue corn corn chips. Yeah. Um, I even love that you can get brown rice chips now. Yeah. They're really, oh, really nice. good, too. You like to actually yeah. taste the grain. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's my... Yeah. 
and purist. That was uh, one of the best things about doing the pop-up at Automata was uh, getting back in touch with uh, Mexico City who made uh, tortillas and corn chips and getting yeah. like four big boxes of their corn chips again And because I used to just live on those. Um, shout out to... Uh, Diana. Yeah, just yeah. eating terribly while owning a restaurant. <laughs> um, have we made it to the last tea? Uh, just about. Just about. Well, a few to- more goes at this one. Toby... Um, Let's talk about uh, Tio's and yeah, um, and the the next incarnation of Ghost Boy Cantina. Yeah, so we've got a we've got a week to set up. Um, so it's going to be relatively similar to what we had in Chinatown. Uh, so we're going to have three or four tacos. We're also going to have a like a seafood tostada on all the time as well. Nice. Um, what seafood? Uh, it'll just change crab depending sticks. on like what's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be seafood crab sticks. <laughs> crab sticks on a on a cheese old El Paso shell. <laughs> um, so it'll probably just be like a ceviche or a kind of aguachile, which is like a kind of Mexican style ceviche. Um, and then it'll be on a tostada, and then they'll be like, again, playing with a bit of Asian stuff. So um, maybe it's like yuzu kosho or ponzu or seaweed or whatever. Um, so we'll just kind of play around with something like that. And they're also going to rewrite their bar menu as well. So even when. Uh, Ghost Boy isn't open at Tio's. You can still kind of get some stuff behind the bar. Cool. Um, and the first week we're there, um, this Sunday is World Tequila Day, um, which I believe is the same day as your fried chicken Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Don't bother. It sold out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you know how many tickets they sold? Yeah. 750 I'm still tickets. only prepping sh- fucking 20 portions. <laughs> Loose. Um, yeah, so it's World Tequila Day. So we've got quite a few um, tequila distributors coming out and they've got a pretty sweet tequila list for the day and we're going to be doing a, um, a kind of special thing for it we'll probably be doing something based on birria which is uh, native to uh, Jalisco where tequila's made mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a we're going to be roasting a whole bunch of goat under some banana leaves oh wow um, and then we're going to be getting some uh, sweet potato rolls um, steaming those and then having like a bit of a potato roll with some pickled onion. How much kitchen pickled. space have you got in Tio's? Uh, I've got like a two meter bench. Right. So yeah. how are you going to do all that? Uh, I prep off site. I've got a commercial kitchen that I use. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, speaking of old El Paso, Mitch, um, I remember um, Thomas Lim from Duke mm. used to always do Mexican nights. And he would just buy all of the old El Paso products and cook like yeah. white boy Mexican. Yeah, it's the best. That taco we do it for staff meal sometimes. Yeah, that's, so that's fucking dope. That's what I grew up on, man. You know um, that taco seasoning sachet you get? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That stuff is the best. Oh, it's crack. That on fries? Yeah. 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 Crack. Shaker fries. Yeah. We need to do more shaker fries. That's a, good, that's a fun interactive element of fast food. Um, Toby, I, went, I, I, went, I managed to go to... Like I think the last three Mondays of yep. uh, of Ghost yeah. Boy Cantina before you yeah, closed uh, for all of the different co- collaborations, Guess right? Yeah. And uh, on the last night, which you said you weren't going to be cooking out, but you were you were sweating out behind. Yeah, the no, kitchen. we got we got cooked. Yeah, it was crazy um, that night, huh? Yeah, um, that was our busiest night by like double at least. Yeah. Uh, you, you gave you I bought one. Um, I got I got no freebies because um, you were that busy. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but you, uh, I bought a uh, like a, it was almost like a uh, it was like the least Mexican thing that I had the whole time that yep. I was there. It was like a potato with um, cheese and rosemary. Yeah, potato telegio fermented chili rosemary. It was unreal. Yeah, but uh, on just, a uh, it was on a deep fried wonton skin instead of a tostada. Right. Yeah. That was excellent, but the least Mexican thing you, you, you'd done there, I think. Yeah. 
Well, that, yeah, the whole menu was written by uh, Glenn and Ben. Um, I didn't have anything to do with it, which is kind of cool. Every Monday, I just kind of sit back and show them the kitchen, and they kind of take it from there, and I just cook the tortillas, and they do their thing. Um, they do a really cool job. Are you going to continue doing collaborations at Tio's? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're not usually going to be open Monday nights, but uh, when we get guest chefs in, we'll kind of specially open on Monday night for it, and they're going to um, probably going to collaborate with the guys behind a bar as well, so maybe do a, a cocktail for the night or whatever they want. Great. So Awesome. Um, so Midori, cool. Midori, and, yeah, it'll uh, just be tequila. Midori and whatever else they want. Yeah, <laughs> um, and of course, Tio's is in Surrey Hills. Is it Reservoir Street? Uh, Foster Street. Foster Street. Yeah. Um, and uh, from what date? From the twentieth, which 20th. is next Wednesday. God damn. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we've got one more tea left sure. on this uh, very Have special. Seen this thing before? What's oh. it? so? Uh, yeah, oh. run, run us through what you're doing right now, Arthur. Okay, uh, I was meant to do this at the beginning, but then you had all this fancy equipment. I didn't want to screw it up, so. So now, now, now we're, we're towards the up. end of the podcast. So even uh, if it screws up, then I guess it's relatively okay. <laughs> 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 all right, so uh, um, uh, Arthur just uh, put down a clay Buddha. Is it a Buddha? That's a little monk, little monk, yeah, yeah. and uh, poured boiling water over its head, and then it kind Peed. of started peeing out of his little doodle uh, <laughs> boil, boiling hot water which I was very happy to not be <laughs> oh well, what, what comes out is actually cold water whoa yeah, how'd yeah. it work well you soak it in cold water first so that um, it, the water gets into the pores of the clay mm-hmm. yeah and then when you pour hot water over it then the clay pores open up and it will try to find the largest hole available wow. to yeah shoot out of which, of course, is the dick hole. Yes, of course. <laughs> naturally, naturally. Yeah. Uh, have you got another one of those? We should take a video of it. Or I is do. it done now for a while? <laughs> okay. You've got, you got plenty of peeing monks. Perfect. Yeah. All right. What's, what's his final, uh, what's his final this one? This is what's Chok uh, grew in barley and processed himself. So it's a semi-oxidized process. So partly, um, yeah, partly fixed. And notes of bintang. <laughs> <laughs> You tell me what the notes are. <laughs> oh, there's a little bit of smokiness to this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, a bit, bit of tobacco yeah. yeah, that's a good description. Mm. There you go. So it's a bit of a chalk classic, this one. Yeah? Yeah, from... This is probably one of his... Oh, maybe his third harvest that he's ever done. Yeah. I'm going to buy some tea. And uh, anyone listening that wants just a, a hot... Hot top three from me from what we had today. <laughs> uh, take some of the golden peony, yeah, the dragon well, yeah, and the uh, that second last one, the fujian red. Fujian red, yeah, mm. yeah they were, they were my, my my three favorites of today. Boys, top three. <laughs> yeah. Fujian red's one of my all time favorites. So just that. Really, uh, the snow phoenix was probably the highlight for me. Yeah, the dragon well was was pretty dope. Chuck's tea is really amazing too, but you can't get it so. <laughs> Awesome. Um, we should quickly just plug the, the chicken festival that you, c- that you can't buy tickets to. Uh, we're going to do a fried chicken episode next week, I think. Oh, are we? Yep. Are we? Okay. Um, we are going to try and make Mitchin, hashtag make the Mitchin great again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> buy a hat. Uh, we're going to try and do a fried chicken episode next week. And uh, Mike Benny actually is uh, going to start doing uh, regular wine episodes with us too, which is exciting. Um, but uh, we're doing a, a festival called Birds of Redfern. Um, mm. Mitch and I are running a stall at that um, at uh, I guess it's kind of like the big garage space that's part of um, 
uh, Cake Wines, their cellar door in Redfern. Um, tickets are sold out, but we are going to, I don't know, there might be another one later in the year, depending on how this first one goes. But yeah, fried chicken episode, coming nice. very soon. Bitchin', bitchin'. Chefs be bitchin'. Out in the street when they belong in there. Mitchin. Yeah! <laughs> Put you on the spot now, didn't I? <laughs> I was in the kitchen or bitchin'. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for having us today, Arthur. Oh, most welcome anytime. And uh, he he obviously extends that invitation to all listeners. You can yes. uh, hit him up info at tcraft.com.au if you if want to. If I feel uh, you and you feel me, <laughs> that's all it takes. Uh, a lot less singing than the last episode. Uh, oh, what would you like? You can you can take us out with a song if you like. Oh man, um, just wrapped a little bit. T- oh. tcraft.com.au if you want to peruse what he's got on offer or send him an email direct. Uh, you can find the mission online facebook.com slash the mission or um, you could email us the mission podcast at gmail.com and uh, yeah dudes that's it um, if you want to listen to my other podcast you can look up hey fam no or one serious does. issues <laughs> on iTunes and of course uh, Toby can be found doing ghost boy cantina inside Tio's Mitch can be found at Acme or Barbrose thanks for listening Mitch uh, Michinettes Michineers Michineers god damn ciao it's the Mitchin Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.